Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our new free app, which is the best way to listen to messages and keep up with everything happening at Creekwood Church. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Things Jesus Never Said. We are starting a brand new series today, and man, uh, it is good to see you guys. Y'all doing all right? You guys look great, and I I do want to take a moment as pastor and welcome those of you that are guests today. It's a huge honor to have you here, and uh, you know, I say this a lot uh, when I meet people that uh, it's their first time to be with us. I always love to say this is that, man, we just want you to relax and uh, sit back and enjoy the service today. We pray that uh, everything that's done, man, you, you know that, that this is about uh, Jesus Christ getting uh, just the glory for what, what this is about. And if you would do us a favor, and there's a connection card right in front of you, and um, man, just uh, if you could take a moment and fill that out for us. And uh, on that card, there's some places that you can mark that if you need information about kids' ministries or student ministries, which, by the way, I I believe we've got one of the greatest student ministries and kids' ministries around. And I I love to brag on them because people ask me, why is Creekwood growing so much? It's because of our kids and student ministries. They do a phenomenal job. Um, Just, But if we can serve you in any way, if you're... Again, fill that card out if you're like, you know what, we'd like information about student ministries or kids ministries or how do I get connected here at the church. Uh, just uh, fill that out and we'll connect with you. And uh, on your way out, stop by the information center and uh, give them the card and they're going to give you just a small gift of just letting you know we appreciate you being here today. So thank you so much. Well, I've been super excited um, about sharing this with you today. Uh, we're going to get into this, the message in just a few moments, but you know, last weekend was Easter and great, great weekend here at Creekwood and just a a huge celebration for us. And there were a lot of things we celebrated, but the biggest thing that we celebrate is the fact that 108 people accepted Christ last weekend. Is that not amazing? You know, that's what it's all about. It is all, it's why you give, why you serve, uh, everything that we do. It's, it's to, to help people, uh, be able to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as a pastor, I want to thank you for serving. So many of you served a a lot of different services, and and sometimes it's easy to forget why we're doing what we're doing. And you just look and say, man, people accepted Christ because I served in the parking lot or I was a greeter. And and that's all all goes into the working of what God can use to to help people um, come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for serving. And you know, if you're new to the church and whether you just accepted Christ last weekend or you've been around and been serving God for a while and you're like, you know what, I love this church and um, I really, really want to just continue to grow in my faith. We have a, a class called Growth Track, and next weekend um, is our May Growth Track class, and it is right after the 11 o'clock service, and we provide lunch, and we have child care, and it's super casual, and you, want, you can come in shorts, you can come in your pajamas, it doesn't matter. Come, hang out with us, and what, what, what I want you to hear me, and this is such a big deal, it's so important for us that we believe that God has not called us just to be church attenders. That God has called all of us uh, and, and divinely given us a purpose in our life, and we believe that part of the, the job is that 
we have as a church is to help you find your purpose. And in this class that you come, you hear a lot about the vision of the church and the future of this church, but it's also to help you find the steps towards your growth and, and really discovering what, what's, what is it that God wants to do through you and, and how can you serve people and make a difference. So I do want to encourage you to sign up. You can go online and sign up for the class. And um, it's really easy. Just click on there that you're going to be showing up and it helps us be able to know how much food to have. So thank you so much for um, participating in this and being a part of that. Amen. Well, I want to get right into our teaching today. I'm super excited about this series, and um, the scripture that we're going to be looking at today is John 16, verse 33. Why would we do a series called The Things Jesus Never Said? The reason is I think Jesus oftentimes gets a bad rap, that there are things that we say that Jesus said and he never said them. A lot of us, maybe it was your papa, like maybe your mamma. I don't know what you called your grandmother. I called my grandmother Momo, my, my Momo or my papa. And, uh, you know, a lot of times our grandparents or our parents kind of used it to manipulate us. They'd say, now, son, the good Lord says that you should be productive and you need to go mow the yard. The good Lord would be pleased. Now, the good Lord says that if you go do this or that, you kind of like a lot of us have kind of picked up on that. And it's kind of given us a lot of twisted theology and a lot of twisted beliefs that we're kind of all mixed up, whether it was your papa or mama or they're saying, or maybe it was a church you went to. And and there's just a lot of bad. Jesus said a lot of powerful things that we ought to pay attention if you uh, look in most of your Bibles, there are, in the New Testament, there are some words that are written in red. Those words that are written in red are the words of Jesus. And in this series, we're going to take a fresh look, really, with just some clarity. What was it that Jesus said about my life? And what were some things that were just key, key things for me to learn? And today, we're going to look at a scripture that um, it says in John's Chapter 16, verse 33, it says, in this world, everybody say in this world, you will have trouble. Aren't you glad you came to Creekwood today? (laughs) Such positive message. We're here to help you feel good about yourself. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. It's a promise that Jesus makes that in the world that we live in, we're going to have trouble. And I want to talk about that today because I do believe that a lot of us sit here uh, this morning and you've walked through some devastated things, some, some tragedies, some hardships, some pain, and somewhere in your mind you start to kind of There's this belief system in your mind that you kind of think that, you know what, if I just kind of dot my I's and cross my T's, if I go to church and I serve and I tithe, everything's going to start really lining up for me. And then you live life and things start to break. Things start to fall apart and you kind of step back and you go, man, I thought Jesus said that if I do that, I'm going to be blessed. 
I thought Jesus said this and that. And again, we need to look at that. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this, the things that Jesus didn't say when it comes to your life always turning out right. You know, um, Jesus never said, whoever does the will of my father will always get the best parking spot. He didn't say that. Jesus never said, if, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll always look great in a bathing suit. And it's swimsuit weather and like you're already freaking out. Jesus did not say, if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to look good in a bathing suit. Jesus never said, seek first the kingdom of God and you will never get a zit before prom. (laughs) Some of y'all just got grossed out. But you know, the big question today is when it comes to a zit, do you pop it or you don't pop it? (laughs) Any poppers here? Like you believe you ought to pop it. Like, and if you get something on the mirror, it's bonus points. You know what real love is? You know what real love is? It's when you're so close to your spouse that you can pop the zit on their back. Hashtag relationship goals. Some of y'all, I am so grossed out. I'm not going to lunch today. (laughs) Jesus never said those things. Jesus never said you're always going to be healthy. Jesus never said you're always going to be wealthy. Jesus promised us that in this world, you're going to have problems. And the reason why I want to talk about this today is, and we can talk about that and laugh a little bit about some of the funny stuff, but I really do believe that a lot of us here today, you're not in a good place because you tried your best to make your life perfect. You did things the best you possibly can, and things have happened. That maybe it's, it's a parent, a loved one that's passed away, and you're like, man. I was at a funeral Friday, and... Well, Talga and close friends of ours, and uh, her mom passed away unexpectedly, and it was just a, it was tough, tough. And I remember we're, we, the, the pastor asked us all to stand, and the family's coming in, and um, I saw her come in, and her, somebody had her, and they were just holding her, and, and uh, she couldn't hardly walk. She was wailing so hard. And I know for a fact they love Jesus. And I'm like, why are they going through that? Some of you right now, you're serving God. But your son or your daughter is is like making some crazy decisions that you know it's so dangerous for them. And you're like, God, what's up with this? Are you gotten news from the doctor that has just devastated you? And you're like, maybe it's the C word. You're like, cancer? I'm serving I've been like tithing and I lost my job. How would your life change today if you began to maybe stop for a moment and let me talk to you about the pain you're going through and the the trials and the the struggles and how important it is for you to kind of step back a little bit and look at this? Because again, I think a lot of us uh, aren't dealing with it right. And understandably, you know, yesterday I 
I, uh, you know, on Saturdays we have a four o'clock and, and a five thirty service. I get here around twelve thirty, and I come in. I love to come in here when the, nobody's at the church, and I walk in the auditorium and I spend time praying. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't want to preach this weekend because I knew what I was talking about, and I was like, "There's people in the church that are going through really serious stuff. There's people in our church that um, you're you're gonna you showed up this weekend and and you've gone through a divorce." And it is devastating. And I was like, God, I, I, I don't want to just get up there and tell everybody just to, like, hey, you need to get over it and it's okay. And I wish I could give you guys answers for why you're going through what you're going through. But I, I want to show you God's word today because I, it's, it really, I believe that God can speak into your life today. My goal is today not to, to, to just say, like, just get over it. But I want to help you process and to be able to walk through this. You know, the scripture that I read to you in in, uh, John chapter 16, verse 33, these are the words of Jesus. He makes this promise. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. You're going to have problems. Notice a word that he uses. And you go and read the context of this scripture all the way around it. Jesus, 19 different times, talks about the world. Why does Jesus mention the world 19 times? Is that he wants you to understand we live in a world, but we're not from this world. And we live in a broken world. Jesus created this paradise and sin destroyed the earth, destroyed Uh, The world that we live in, in every part of the world is broken. Our weather is broken. The economy is broken. Relationships are broken. Our bodies are broken. We live in this world that is broken. And I want you to hear me when I say this today because I really want to set this up right because this is so important to me that you understand this. God does not create pain. Nothing but good can come from God. But he can take the bad and use it to teach you something. God does not create pain. God, it, Listen, nothing but good comes from God. You know, I was thinking about this and, and how it's, it is just so hard to deal with it because it's like, it's always something, Right? I look back on my life and, and like things just happen. And every time I kind of try to get my life like perfect, it's like something happens. I know Friday after the funeral, we went to eat and we went to eat in Fort Worth. And like, I'm in my head thinking I got to get home and I've got to finish getting ready for the weekend. And I got to get it off the side of being boring. And I'm like, kind of in my brain just processing and we're going back. We get back to Mansfield and I'm getting ready to get out of the car and I, I look at my wallet and I realize I don't have my credit card. How many of you know you can't get the joy of the Lord if you don't know where your credit card is? <laughs> like, I can't have, like, like, God can't speak to me if I don't have my credit card. And I'm like, oh my word, I left my credit card at the restaurant and I didn't even sign it. I didn't put a tip and my anxiety is like, like shooting through the roof. I'm like thinking, I bet that waiter's put his own tip on there. He's forged my name and now he's on Amazon ordering junk. 
I was like, I'm racing back. I'm like, dear Jesus, part, like you parted the Red Sea. Make sure when I'm going down to 1187, all the popos are gone. I don't need anybody pulling me over because I got to get there, get my credit card. And I went down there and got it and got home and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't need this. Why couldn't you, this happen to me another day? And I know we kind of laugh, but listen, it's just like, isn't it true that it's always something that happens? To kind of lighten the mood, I wanted to tell you about this guy that had a bad day. It's a true story, a guy in Florida. Um... He had a bad day. And how many of you know that men, we can do some stupid stuff? All the ladies are, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't even want to say yes. You're just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This guy's working on his motorcycle in, in the, the back, on the back porch. It, separating him on the back porch in the living room is this big glass door that is a sliding door. He's got the motorcycle idling and he's working on it and it's in neutral and he gets on it and he's gunning it as hard as he can, just trying to clean it out, acting like he's doing something. And he's gunning it as hard as he can and it was in neutral, but somehow it popped into gear and it shot him through the glass doors and he lands in the living room Glass everywhere, gasoline is pouring all over, he's bleeding, the wife runs in and she's like, oh my word, and he's hurt, cut up, and all this stuff, and she calls 911, and the paramedics show up, and they lived up on a hill, they go up these stairs, they go up, and they get the stretcher, put him on there, get him in the ambulance, and she decides, his wife decides, she's going to stay back and kind of pick up things a little bit before she meets them at the hospital. They go on in the ambulance. She stays back. She goes to the closest restroom, gets a big old wad of toilet paper and goes and soaks up all the gasoline off the wood floors. She takes the toilet paper that is soaked up all the gasoline and goes and just kind of puts it in the toilet. She doesn't flush it because she's scared it's going to like stop it up. She goes to the hospital. An hour and a half later, they get discharged. They come home. He's all bandaged up, cut up, walks in, sees how destroyed the house is. And he's so depressed. He's like, I need a cigarette. He gets his cigarette out, goes and sits on the pot. He's sitting on the toilet and he's smoking his cigarette because he's, how do you do it like this? Like, he's like, he's I'm testing y'all to see if anybody's going to show me how to do it. Okay. He's, he's smoking and he's like sitting on the toilet and he, he's like, oh man. And he's like, I got to get in there. And he drop, he spreads his legs, drops the cigarette between his legs and boom, <laughs> blows him right up off the toilet, lands in there. He's got his pants, one, one, only one side of the pants is on his leg. He's laying on the floor all like just. Man, it's a mess. His wife runs in. She's like, oh, my word. She calls 911. The the same paramedics that came earlier come back. They come in there. They get him on the stretcher, and they're like, how did this happen? And she starts telling them what happened. They start laughing so hard. The paramedics are going down the steps trying to get get him in the ambulance, that they're laughing so hard, he falls off the stretcher and he breaks his arm. How many of you know that's a bad day? 
It's hard to laugh, though, when it happens to us. And I want to I, I wanna look at some things today because what's going to happen is, again, if, not, um, if, if you're not going through something right now, you will go through some stuff. Somebody in your family, something's going to happen. And there's, an, there's a choice you have to make. Because your emotions are going to want to take you one place. Your feelings are going to want to take you to a, a certain place. And you have to kind of make this decision, this choice on how you're going to process this. And I want to just kind of give you some real practical stages that you're, it's important to remember. And again, I hope you're going to write these down because even if you don't need them right now, you will need them later on. Number one, the stage of shock. You're going to go through shock. Something happens, loved one passes away. Again, shock. It's, I can't believe this has happened. Shock is, I can't believe this has happened to us or can't believe that they're gone. I can't believe that I got fired. It's the shock of it. I did not see this coming. Shock is a human emotion. But do you know that God can't be shocked? It's a human emotion, but it's not an emotion that God has because God never once has looked at your life and said, I can't believe this has happened. It's, it's, you're just shocked. You can't believe it. And one of the things that happens when we get shocked is we get disoriented. You get disoriented in the midst of your shock. And how many of you know when you're disoriented, the last person that you ought to take advice from is yourself? When you're disoriented. When you're mad at God and you're mad at people. The last person that you should be taking advice from is yourself. This is why, listen to me, one of the central messages of the Bible is that we need people in our life. This is why you hear us at Creekwood talk about the importance of you having a, a part and being plugged into a life group. It's not just because we're wanting to force you to have friends. It's because you are going to have days that you need people. And I'm going to just say this, this is kind of a side note, it's another message, but I do want to mention this in this part is a lot of times when people are going through really hard times, we have a tendency to say, I don't know what to say to them and it's awkward and I'm just going to kind of avoid them and kind of like, you know, maybe send them a little text and say, praying for you. And what they really need is for you to show up and be with them. And listen to me, there are are moments when I'm depressed and I'm walking through some horrible things in my life, or if the listen, I have walked through some things. And you listen, I, I, you know, one thing that I, I, I know is that when I am going through something, I don't specifically need a, somebody to be there with me to give me a scripture or to even give me advice about my life. I just sometimes just need somebody to be with me. Just say, hey, let's go get, get some food and let's, let's just go hang out. And there are going to be people in your life that, listen to me, that are going to go through stuff and, and they're going to lose a loved one, whatever, and, and you need to be there with them through that. Through that. And, and when you go through that first stage of shock, you, you need to make sure that you don't isolate yourself. Uh, shock is the first stage. Uh, sorrow is the second stage. You're going to move from, sooner or later, you're going to move from shock to sorrow. And listen to me, grief is actually a healthy emotion. It's okay to cry. Uh, sometimes, listen, you need a good cry. You, you're, you go through the shock, now you're in the sorrow, you're grieving, 
but grief and sorrow can become dangerous when you get so overwhelmed with it. And it takes you to a place where your emotions take over and your sorrow just kind of shuts you down and it gets you to a place that it starts to be unhealthy. And how, this is a place that a lot of us get stuck. There are a lot of us that we've gone through stuff. We got, we're shocked that we're, we're dealing with that. And now we're in the midst of the grieving and the sorrow and we just get stuck because we don't know what to do with it. And our emotions and our, and again, it takes us to unhealthy places. I think of, of the psalmist David who wrote Psalm 61. And I, I want to show you this because it gives us great insight on what to do with our sorrow. Uh, it says, hear my cry, O God. In other words, I'm past the point of grieving. I'm in trouble. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. Watch this. He says, when my heart is overwhelmed, it's not just grieving. It's overwhelmed with grief. I need, in other words, I need to make a choice, he's saying. He says, lead me to the rock. See, David was a worshiper. David, he worshiped when he was in sorrow. And what David shows us here is that when I'm in trouble, I worship. And I want to give you this tool. And I I can't even begin to do justice to this today. Because I can't even begin to explain to you what worship does to us. But worship does something powerful to your soul. And this is a tool that I've learned through the years that when I go through things, and believe me, there have been so many things in my life. That it's easy to look at a pastor sometimes and go, man, you guys like on the surface, y'all look like y'all pastors, y'all serving God and all this stuff. We've gone through stuff just like you have. And a great tool to help me in the midst of keeping my sorrow from getting unhealthy is to worship God. This This can look different in a lot of different ways. You can maybe get in your truck and just say, you know what, I'm gonna listen to worship music while I'm driving to work, I am so broken up. I, I am going through, I have moved from, moved beyond the shock. Now I'm in the sorrow part and I don't know what to do with these emotions. I don't know what to do with this. God, I, all I know is I'm going to worship you. And you just worship God. Find ways to just, listen, you don't have to, a lot of us are scared to worship and, and we're like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't sing that great or whatever. Listen, I'm a horrible singer. Just come sit down by me during worship and you're like, dude, can't sing. <laughs> they don't let me sing around here. But worship, like, get you, like, I, I know we don't do cassette tapes anymore. <laughs> but get you a playlist. And some of y'all don't know how to do a playlist. Get your kids to do it for you. They're, they're good for something. Pick out some worship songs and put it on there and just say, this is a tool in my life that I'm going to do when I'm going to process my grief. When I go through stuff that rocks my world, I am going to automatically worship God. See, worship changes everything in our life. 
It changes everything. Remind yourself again, Jesus promised us. His words are, we're going to go through this stuff. We live in a broken world, so you better start learning how to process. There's no clear answer. I wish I could give you answers for why you're going through what you're going through. I wish I could explain to you why sometimes... Uh, It changes and sometimes it doesn't. I've seen some of the most godly people walk through hell on earth. And I wish I could explain it. I don't know. But you got to keep moving from those stages from from shock to sorrow. Now you're going to move into the next stage, which is called struggle. That next stage is struggle. And this is really, um, again, This is the place where you start to kind of get mad at God. You get mad at people. Listen, I know when my mom passed away, I I was mad at God. I I was really mad at God because I didn't get to get there in time. To be able to really have a conversation with my mom. And this is the place where you, 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 you struggle and you're going through the whys of, why God? I told you, I thought we were close, God. Like, why am I sitting here and with this health problem? Why am I going through this? Why, God? And I, I want to help you with this because, listen, in the midst of your struggle, um, you're going to ask the why, and there are a lot of things that, that you will not get an answer until you get to heaven. There's not an answer for it. Friday, there, there's, when I was with that family, there, there, as much as I wanted to give her that, the reason why this happened and give her some explanation, there's no explanation for it. And we're going to not know why this happened until we get to heaven. And this, again, this is the cycle. Shock, sorrow, you're struggling and the greatest place that you can move into, this, this is like, it takes, it, this is a choice. It is a decision to get to a place that say, I am going to move out of those stages and now I'm going to move into the most powerful stage of it all. It is where I surrender. The fourth and final stage is surrender. It's where I get to a place that I say, I am going to stop fighting my bad days. I'm going to stop this. I, I, I am going to stop ruminating. In other words, it's, it's when you let the wise go over and over and over and over and you're just ruminating over and over. And, and psychologists, go study this. Psychologists have found that the more you sit and try to figure it out on your own, the more depressed you'll become. You're just, you're just like the whys are just going over and over. And, and like I was thinking about this, you know that a cow is a ruminating animal? In other words, a cow will get some grass, chew on it, will swallow it, throw it up in their mouth, chew on it. Some of y'all wonder why every time you go by a cow, they're always chewing. It's because they're, they're chewing on it, they're, throw, they're, they're swallowing it, and then they're throwing it up. And every time they do that, it gets grosser. 
Do you know that's the same thing with your life? You're chewing on it, you're ruminating on it, you're chewing on it, you're swallowing it, and you're throwing it back up, and you are just, the whys are becoming so toxic to you. But the moment you can kind of take all of this and say, God, you said I live, you live, we're living in a broken world. And we're not going to know the reason why and all that till we get to heaven and we, you know, like a lot of people say, well, why didn't Jesus do something? He did something about it. He came to save us. But we're not going to find out the reasons why until we get to heaven. So getting to a place that you can step into the surrender stage and you start to trust God with what you're going through, it's where God can work the best. But a lot of us, again, are stuck in the sorrow. We're stuck in the struggle. It's why... Man, I'm not serving God anymore. I'll go to church, but don't ask me to do anything because God's disappointed me or people have hurt me. And you get to a place. Listen, it is the freest place that you can possibly be when you start to surrender your pain. Surrender your struggle. Surrender your heart. All these tragedies that have happened in your life, you surrender it to God and you say, God, I don't know why this happened to us. I don't know why we walked through this, but I surrender it to you and I let you have it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, don't trust yourself. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, trusting God is the only pathway to peace. You know, I love the fact that the Bible is so raw. And you look at people like the Apostle Paul uh, that wrote most of the New Testament. You look at Peter and these guys, that they, they weren't perfect. And I love the fact that the Bible uh, shares their struggles. They, they, they went through a lot. Just go read in Hebrews even about what, what people that we kind of idolized, they went through stuff that was just horrible. Listen to what Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 1, 8. He says, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Instead, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again on him. We have set our hope that we will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor God, favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. You know, you, you look at what, what can begin to happen when you begin to surrender to God. And let me read this last scripture to you. It's really probably the one that has stood out to me the most when it comes to going through pain in our life. It says in 1 Peter 1, 6, it says, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You know, when everything's going great in your life, 
It's easy to say, I have genuine faith and I have strong faith. The Bible says, and I don't know if you underline your Bible, but you can underline that. It says faith is, is genuine. The fact that it says faith is genuine, it means that there's also counterfeit faith. You know, the moments in my life that I found out how deep and real my faith was, was not when everything was going great. It was when things were hard. It's when, when I got knocked down to my knees in, in my life and I got back up and I said, God, my faith is in you. See, the fact that you're still here, that you're standing, shows that you have a genuine faith. That your faith is strong. It's not that your life is is perfect. It's not that you're not walking through some dark, dark days. It's the fact that you say, you know what, I may get knocked down a million times, but I'm going to keep on surrendering my pain and my struggle to Jesus Christ. My faith, Jesus will find that my faith is genuine. Y'all, my faith is for real. It's for real. You know, again, listen to me. Your faith doesn't grow without resistance. In some of the days and some of the moments in my life where I have grown the most in my life have been when I got knocked down. I think back a, the moment I graduated from Southwestern and I had worked four years for Walmart. And, um, I was excited that I had finally graduated from Bible college. It was a miracle of God. Uh, my parents were missionaries for over 50 years. I put together the most amazing resume. I sent out 50 resumes and I was like, every church in America is gonna be like knocking on my door because they want me to be their youth pastor. Do you know that not one single church called me? I didn't even get a response. And I'm like, what in the world? That was a kick in the gut. I was like so embarrassed. I was like, my friends are gonna come back and see me getting shopping carts at Walmart. And I was supposed to be this in the ministry and I'm not in the ministry. And I was like, starting to get kind of angry. And I I remember to this day, it was such a defining moment in my life that I surrendered it to God. And I said, God, my calling is much greater than the rejection of man. That you called me and you placed your hand on my life and I will trust you. You will find that my faith is genuine. And it is a moment I'll never forget. You know, my heart goes out to every single one of you that are going through dark days, but I pray that today you move beyond sorrow and the struggle with God's help. And you just say, God, this is what I, I, faith, I have been going through. And I surrender it to you. I surrender the fact that my dad or my mom passed away. Or I surrender surrender the rejection of people. I surrender it, God. See, God wants to bring purpose from your pain. 
And the moment you surrender it, it's when God begins to work and mold you and strengthen you and deepen you. Your character is formed in great, great pain. I want to pray with you this morning and I want to ask you to stand to your feet today. God never wastes a hurt. He never wastes your pain. He's going to get the glory from it somehow. You just have to surrender to him. I want to ask you to bow your heads, and I I want to pray for you. I'm going to dismiss this in just a few moments, but I, I want to pray for people today and Um, Our prayer team is going to be down here at the front at the end of service today. And if you need special prayer, man, I I pray that you you know that these people that are part of our prayer team, they, they are here for you and they want to pray for you. And I really believe that there's people here today that you are like, I need somebody to pray for me. But you know, if you're here this morning and with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, and we're not asking you to close your eyes because there's something special about that. I just, I just want everybody here to focus. But if you're here today and you're like, this is the, the, like the hardest thing that I have ever dealt with in my life. These are some of the darkest days of our life, of our marriage, of our finances, whatever it is. And you're like, Pastor Stephen, would you pray for us today? Would you pray for me? Would you just lift your hand up and say, Pastor Stephen, that's me today. That's us today. Just lift it up. There's hands going, wow, there's hands going up all over this room. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down. Listen to me. God sees your hand. God sees your pain. Father, I thank you so much for loving us the way you do. That you never leave us. That you're with us no matter what we go through. And Lord, I pray that today, uh, as hard it is for us to accept the words that Jesus spoke to us, that in this world we will face these days. We will face hard times. Father, with your strength today, I pray that you would help us to give it to you, to surrender this to you, God, and to say, God, I trust you. Father, I pray for healing. I pray for strength. I pray for peace that only you can give us. And Father, today as we dismiss this service and we walk out these doors, I pray that throughout this day, no matter what people are going to be doing this afternoon, that God, they would experience moments, whether they're on their back porch or out golfing, whatever it is, God, that you would speak so clearly into their life that they would know that you are with them in the midst of this pain. May they sense it. May they know it today, God. Father, we thank you for this, Lord, in your name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we would love to have you engage in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.